mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighters Fury, inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Let's get through this thing, man. Fighters Fury here on 7 Night of the Ticket. It's Tobin here with you. As for the next hour, we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. A lot to get into last night. You had a little action from DAZN as they were in Wichita, Kansas. Fun card. Fun card. They've stacked it up. Uh, they've been doing a good job as far as uh, putting good action together. Yesterday, the, uh, the big headliner was Jarrell Miller as he really is turning into one of their staples there. You know, obviously they have uh, Canelo Alvarez and they have Anthony Joshua, and, and you're always going to be wanting to watch those guys. But this is, you know, one of their more charismatic guys as far as who's going to be on the next run for the heavyweights and all that. Uh, Jarrell Big Bay Miller's as, as charismatic as, he, as it gets. He has an interesting look, obviously, because of the gargantuan size that he has. And just an interesting story. You know, we've had him uh, on this show a couple of times and getting a chance to uh, see – what's what's been doing with him and it's just an interesting story as far as you know he has a kickboxing background uh he's a guy who's, who's sparred with the klitschko's uh, obviously you look at him and and see that that is not a a normal heavyweight uh, prototypical body but also he doesn't act like a guy who's that size and we've said this uh many a times about Jarrell miller like the guy the guy has some some unicorn features about him the fact that you are that big but you're that well conditioned that you throw strikes from uh from weird places and I think a lot of that probably goes to the fact that he doesn't stay stagnant, that he does train in a lot of different places, the fact that he does train with some of the best mixed martial artists in the world, that he has been a kickboxer before, that he he probably sees a lot of things that boxers don't see. We've talked about this with Tyron Spong before, too, where, you know, Spong's striking ability for a guy that size is just, it's a little click better because he can he can unleash some things that a lot of boxers don't see especially at that size you know because usually the bigger they get the less skilled they are and usually the the fewer combinations you're seeing getting thrown and those guys aren't like that because because they've been in there with guys who throw a lot of different limbs that you have to be more aware of because they've been in there with guys who are a little bit more pristine because in those styles in kickboxing in muay thai and things like that the, the point system is much more prevalent than it is in pro boxing. And so I just think that those guys who come to the cage with that type of a style or come to the ring rather with that type of a style, with that type of a background are a different kind of dangerous. It's, it's not, it's not to say that, you know, a guy like Jarrell Miller may go out and he may knock Anthony Joshua out, but I do see why he presents problems for guys. You know, he got off to a slow start yesterday uh, against Bogdan Dinu, who went in there, Stuck the jab a little bit. You can see that, you know, Jarrell Miller is always, you know, he's always going to do his best work close inside. I don't know if he could go out there and win a distance fight. But when he is in those close quarters, when he is in that position where he's he's right up on you and he applies, he applies that pressure, I don't know how you push him off you. I don't know how that's possible, being as big as he is. And especially when he just keeps coming at you time after time. That size is going to wear on you. It really is, you know. And we're talking about the biggest of the big here. You, they're, they're, they're still dealing with a guy who is is over the 300-pound mark. So that's going to do something. So I don't know if he's the most skilled boxer out there. I don't know if he is uh, a guy who has the most talent. But, man, does he present a lot of problems because of the amount of punches 
he can put together because of the amount of punches he could throw per round if he really gets it going i think that could present a lot of problems for many of the big guys in this division and, and so that's that's the unique skill set i think a Jarrell miller can bring to the heavyweight division when we're talking about title picture or we're talking about could he beat an anthony joshua can anthony joshua keep him at a distance probably better than a lot of guys yeah he probably could he probably could uh stick that big telephone pole out there and try and keep Jarrell miller away but we have seen conditioning issues at times with Anthony Joshua. We have seen a guy who has that huge muscular frame that has that has to have a lot of gas going through that body at all times to really be at a premium. And with Jarrell, he he is he's he's not he's not like this 300 pound fat ass. Like he is very strong. He is very fit. He is tuned up to a point where he can go 12 rounds and he can give you a lot of issues that way. And so you just you just watch what that guy can provide uh from an entertainment standpoint with how charismatic it is um especially as, uh, on the american side you know this has kind of been a, a usa versus britain thing that's been going on and, and britain's been dominating for a little bit um obviously deontay wilder's taking on tyson fury and uh and that's gonna be a lot of fun coming up in a, in a, in a couple of weeks but it's good to see on the american side that they got one who is undefeated who is uh putting him on a, on a bigger and bigger stage you know we've been we've been following this climb a little bit for Jarrell Miller and some of his call outs yesterday were, were interesting you know obviously he wants Anthony Joshua first and foremost I don't know if that's going to happen uh anytime soon um but obviously there's a natural relationship there with Eddie Hearn so if you want Anthony Joshua it's good to see that Jarrell Miller has built that bridge to get to Anthony Joshua you know because I think that it's more likely you'll see Jarrell Miller get in the ring with Anthony Joshua before Deontay Wilder, before that ever happens because of all the things that are out there. Um, Dillian White versus Derek Ch uh, Ch Tesora. That's a fun matchup. Uh, him and Dillian White have had a lot of heat going back and forth for a while now, so that'd be a fun matchup. Uh, Derek, uh, Dillian White also has a little bit of that kickboxing background as well, so I think that'd be fun. Probably a little bit more natural knockout power from Dillian White's side. Um, and I think that'd be a big fight over in Britain if you're trying to build up the brand there of Jarrell Miller. Uh, the other interesting one that he mentioned was Trevor Bryan. Uh, Trevor Bryan's the interim WBA champion. He won the interim strap back in August. And Trevor trains down here. Uh, he's he's uh, at a lot of the fights uh, locally. I'm sure you, you guys see around. But, you know, Trevor, uh, a guy who's been trained by Stacey McKinley and, and, that, and that crew down here, um, that's an interesting fight. You know, Trevor's really, really talented. And these guys have a lot of past heat before. They've, they've circled the wagon a couple of times. There's uh there's some interesting uh footage on uh on either Instagram or or maybe it's on maybe it's on YouTube still of Jarrell Miller uh came to work down at uh at the heavyweight factory probably about three years ago and him and Trevor Bryan got into a little bit. Uh and it seemed like they were cool, but if even if even if they're even if they're cool, I think it would make for a fun fight. They're both undefeated. Uh you'd have some type of gold on the line there. I think it would really establish who in that ranking system would be the guy and so it's uh I, I think that'd be a really fun matchup if they were able to make that happen you also had clarissa shield yesterday she dominated hannah radkin over 10 rounds she got a shutout decision i just gotta say with clarissa shield she is such a tremendous really really great figure for boxing i like how much she doesn't give a bleep uh for from i guess i guess i should say i just like how unapologetic she is about being her and the, you know I, I like the fact that in, in a time where a lot of women are told to to act a certain way, she acts a different way. She knows that she's the baddest woman on the planet. 
Uh, she carries herself as such. And, you know, this was a last-minute replacement fight as far as, you know, she was, take, was supposed to take on Hammer, and that didn't happen. So she gets this in there. She goes in and does work. She did her training down here at the uh, uh, the Delray Box Beach Boxing Club with John David Jackson, who uh, who also had Luis Arias, who trains at in Delray. And uh, we'll get to that fight in, the, in just a second. But put forth a good performance. She's 7-0 now, uh, maintains her middleweight titles, and, uh, I think she's. I, I really do think that she is the perfect face for women's boxing right now. Uh, an Olympic champion for America multiple times over, has now won in two weight classes in just a very very short amount of time. She's charismatic. She is. Uh, she's. She's very thoughtful in all the things that she goes out there and says. And I just think just goes out and puts on a good show for women's boxing. She knows that a little bit more violent style sells. That that knockouts are hard to come by in the women's division. But she goes out there and she goes for broke. And so, really good performance by her. I thought the best fight of the night last night, though, was Brandon Rios versus Ramon Alvarez. This fight was incredible. Fought in a phone booth the entire time. These guys were were throwing a lot of big blows. And Brandon Rios obviously had a big crossroads in his career. A guy who's really been to the top as far as some of the matchups he's had in his career. But um, has, has been a guy who almost got to that point in the card where he's very popular. People know his name. Obviously talks a lot of bleep. Um, has a very ha- has a very pleasing style, but was a bit of an easy style to figure out. So they put him in there with a guy who's also going to brawl back, and it was almost a war of attrition. Who was going to be the guy who fell first? And, and Rios, who got off to a slow start, and Alvarez was definitely getting the better of him. Um, you know, not not many people win a war of attrition quite like Brandon Rios. That guy's as tough as they come, and you know, you can tell that this is a grown up. It's a grown up man now. This is a guy who. Who, uh, who who could be a bit silly sometimes in interviews, and, and it was all good and fun. It was it was a lot of fun to watch, but uh, you could tell that he's at that part of his life where it's a little bit different, that he really means something, that he wants to be back to being in serious contendership, and really, really great performance by him yesterday. Uh, and then, of course, we had the draw. Uh, Gabriel Rosado, Gabe Rosado, taking on Luis Arias, who was uh, who trains down here in Del Rey, as I mentioned. And these guys fought to a split decision draw. Each judge gave him a 116, 9, and the other one went 114, 114. Um, in my mind, I could definitely see 114, 114. I thought that could be a draw. Um, and if if anybody was going to get the nod, I'd probably go with Gabe Rosado. I just thought that he established things a little bit more quickly. I thought Arias had a, a little bit of trouble starting to get off, so I could see why he'd be in position in those fights to uh, – I could see why positions that he had a little bit of catching up to do, but he did he did start to put his foot in the ground and 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 get that uh, get that comeback style going. I just didn't know if it happened fast enough for him. Um, so I think a draw is appropriate for it. If it was going to go one way, I would go slight Rosado as far as what side I thought deserved it more. If you were going to give somebody the nod, but I'm okay with it being a draw. I thought I thought that was appropriate. I thought those guys did go back and forth and. Really good card. Uh, shout out to DAZN for uh, for a good card they put on yesterday. And a lot less streaming issues, which I was pleased with. It seems like they're starting to fix that stuff because, man, that was super annoying in the early going of the DAZN cards. But, um, you know, from top to bottom, if you're looking for a full night of of boxing from, you know, 7 o'clock all the way through, it was uh, – they give you all that. So that was cool. The the big headline last night from UFC, we had U- UFC Argentina, Santiago Ponzinibbio knocking out Neil Magny in four rounds. Santiago really, really broke him down uh, from the get-go in this fight. He he established with that lead kick. Um, 
Neil Magny had trouble putting pressure on it and, and really was systematically worn down. And then it came to that fourth round, and Ponzinibbio hit it with a monster right hand right across the face. Neil Magny face plants on the floor uh, onto the canvas, and Ponzinibbio gets himself a huge, huge top 10 win for himself over Neil Magny, who uh, who was towards the bottom of the top 10. Ponzinibbio just inside the top 10. So I think he'll uh, he'll continue to, to, to climb in that really, really entertaining welterweight division. So good win for him yesterday at UFC Argentina. A lot of news and notes happening in the world of fighting this week um, as far as new fights that are out there rumored, as far as things that are coming down the pipe. Plus, we got a lot, lot of action coming up this Thanksgiving week as well. We'll be back right after this. It's Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, guys. Fighter's Fury here on your Sunday morning. It's my last show before hitting a little Thanksgiving vacation. We like to call this the Fighter's Fury to Fighter's Fury stretch. I'll be here. It's my last show. Then I will be off for a few days. And then I will return next Sunday. Fighter's Fury, Sundays at 9. That's how it rolls. That's how it rolls. We call it the Fighter's Fury to Fighter's Fury vacation, man. That's how it's going to go. Hope everybody has their good Thanksgiving plans going. Obviously, we're all going to watch Creed 2 this week. That is obviously number one. This, I, I, I got to tell you, this is this is tremendous, the the reviving of, of Creed. And, you know, and so, first of all, Creed was a, was a fantastic, fantastic boxing movie. It was done well. The fight scenes just get better as, as the Rocky chapters go by. But people also miss the point. Like, the, people miss the point of the reboots of the Rockies so much because it, it, is a, it is a passed down thing from generation to generation. A lot of fight fans, um, you know, we just watch this because, you know, Rocky is so symbolic in a lot of ways of, of just getting through tough times and, and, the, and the, the relationships amongst family and support and people hanging through on these things. But the other thing is, you know, it's so entrenched in our culture, uh, the Rocky movies, the other thing we want to see, like, when it comes to reboots like this, it's almost like watching a, a, a great former wrestler come back. You just want to see them get their, get their cheap pops in. Like, I just want to, like, you want to, you want to, you want to get a cheap pop for me in a Rocky film? Show Cuff and Link. Show the Turtles. Like, when they did that in the reboot Rocky Balboa, I'm talking when Rocky took on Mason Lon Dixon, a.k.a. Antonio Tarver, and they show the Turtles gigantic, boom. They gave the Turtles HGH. It wasn't just that Rocky was slathered in HGH. Somehow, the small painted turtles turned into these huge long neck turtles, which is physically impossible. Mind you, look, I grew up on a farm. We used to catch those painted turtles like it was nobody's business. It was easy. You threw in the net, you scooped in the mud, and all of a sudden, painted turtles came out of nowhere. So I know what a painted turtle looks like. All of a sudden, in Rocky Balboa, when... Rocky's head has just gotten ginormous. You remember he had to like throw them out of the uh he had to throw the uh he had to throw the uh HGH out of the hotel window. And all that was great. But the turtles got way bigger as well. But I didn't care. Oh my god. Then they went to the plot where the ice skate used to be. Uh the ice skating rink where he where he where he first dated Adrian. Hey, oh, yeah, oh, a few more minutes. He had to, like, bribe the guy $5 to just keep the lights on for five minutes. Oh, it was tremendous. But then we're talking back the uh, the modern kick that they had on Creed where, like, he's going back and Adonis is watching the fights on, on YouTube. And uh, the boxes they get for it, too. Speaking of gamers, they put him in uh, as one of them. They had Andre Ward, Tony Bellew. Like, 
you know, they get him a, 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 as legit as hell. I don't think uh, Drago's son is an actual boxer, but, man, some of the workouts that they have for him is crazy. Crazy. Can't wait for it, man. Creed 2 is coming out this week. And then, of course, nothing says Thanksgiving quite like Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz 3. That's really what Thanksgiving is all about, seeing legendary mixed martial arts matchups back together again under the banner of Oscar De La Hoya. This is going to be an interesting one to see, quite frankly. I do want to see how both of these guys look. We know that Chuck Liddell's got Tito's number, but he hasn't fought in forever. Like, Dana White gave him a desk job. He's like, man, I will give you a salary job. Just do not fight anymore. No mas. Uh, this was rumored to go to Bellator. This is where I'm a little bit iffy about this fight going down. Because if Bellator said no to Chuck Liddell, it's got to give you a little bit of it's got to give you a little bit of pause because they say they say yes to everybody. Not people have never fought before or people have barely fought in their careers. Old ass Hoist Gracie, they throw out there. Old ass Ken Shamrock, they throw out there. You know, they, they, they will basically throw anybody out there with no medical tests. And so they didn't want to do the Chuck Liddell Tito Ortiz fight. Gives you a little bit of pause. So Oscar De La Hoya is making this happen. He says this is going to be the first. I don't even know anybody else on the card. I don't know who else is on the Oscar De La Hoya card. He says this is going to be. I thought it was going to be a boxing event, but also Chuck and Tito are going to fight at the end of this thing. I don't know who he's going to get because I'd imagine everybody's pretty much under contract with UFC, Bellator, uh, PFL, or one championship. I don't, I, you know, I can't imagine there's all these free agents out there unless you're going to get all these dudes who are cut. So I don't know. That's going to be an interesting one from this standpoint of what is this going to be like? I will say, look, we were in Vegas for September. Okay, so it was September for Canelo versus Triple G. And they were promoting the hell out of it. We ended up in the press conference. That was the crazy thing. We It was me and Leroy. We were in Vegas. And our show starts at 1 o'clock. So that time it would have been 10 Pacific time. And the way the radio row was set up was it was in this theater, the David Copperfield Theater. And so it was kind of, it was like, I guess, auditorium style, like front row, second row, third row. But at the front row, right in front of the, 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 uh, the, right in front of the first row is the stage. And so we are getting ready to start the show. And I look to Tracy, who is the, PR person for HBO slash Golden Boy. She is setting up all the interviews, you know, was getting us Bernard Hopkins that week and Abel Sanchez that week and all that said, and and uh, setting up Chuck Liddell. We were supposed to, we actually, I'll bring you into a little bit. We talked to Chuck Liddell. We taped him for the show and we had, we had Chuck Liddell on the program 45 minutes before our show was supposed to start. And we'll do this from time to time to trick you guys, trick the uh, the audience. And it was just, we're, I, I've always wanted the opportunity to talk to Chuck Liddell. Let's do it. So we talked to Chuck Liddell, and I'm actually asking him, like, in the in the interview, what what are you, uh, what is it going to be like when you face Tito Ortiz? What do you think it's going to be? What do you think that's going to be like? So do the interview. Goes great. Um, but then... We, I asked Tracy, I said, so, hey, uh, 
when when is this press conference going to start? It looks like this thing's uh, happening sometime sooner. And she goes, oh, oh, it's starting now. It's, start, it's starting now, the press conference. I'm like, huh? What do you mean the press conference is starting now? We got a show to do. We got we to gotta talk to... Ch- All right. Um, oh, okay. And so, look, fight press conferences until you get to the fight. They're quite boring, but they drag out a lot, too. You got to talk to... The promoter's got a yammer on. The one fighter's manager's got a yammer on. And the other fight manager's got a yammer on. I'll tell you one thing. The, uh... <laughs> thank God this was a mixed martial arts press conference because... Typically in a boxing one, I mean, it can be rough. Like, I remember going back to the one with Andre Ward versus Sergey. You got the, the the Nevada State Athletic Commission's got to talk. The MGM guy's got to talk. The MGM sports guy's got to You talk to, like, nine people before you talk to people you, from, before hearing from somebody you actually want to hear from. And they got nothing to say. Oh, it, it's like they're accepting. It's like one of the, they're, they're accepting one of the crappy Oscars. One of the Oscars nobody gives a rat's ass about. And they're like, I'd like to thank Theo for... Always believing in us. Thank you, Theo, from 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 Paramount. Nobody gives a rat's ass about Theo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you. Unless you're thanking somebody cool or you got some cool message in the speech, there's no need. There's there's no need to, for the... You got Instagram now. You don't have to kiss somebody's ass on an Oscar speech. You're just boring everybody. Anyway, um, so this is like going on for the entire first segment. We're like doing a... We're doing golf analysis. We're like... Oscar De La Hoya steps up to the podium. He's talking. Uh, okay, here comes Chuck Liddell. He's talking as well. Very, very much a mohawk. He is still tatted on the side of his head. Uh, Tito Ortiz also talking. He has spiked shoes on. That's kind of weird. And so, because what are you supposed to do? Like they're like, oh, just do your thing, do your radio. How are we supposed to do a radio show? How 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 are we supposed to be animated, be ourselves? You know, you know me. You know Leroy. We are not quiet people. And so how are we supposed to do this with Oscar De La Hoya, Chuck, Chuck Liddell, who will bash your face in, and Tito Ortiz six feet away from us on a stage where everybody is looking at them, not looking at us two jackasses. So very awkward situation. Meanwhile, as this thing wraps up finally, we get to the point where um, Chuck and Tito are staring each other in the face. They are mother bleeping the hell out of each other. It, I mean, like, so we got Robbie back in this. He's as nervous as all hell. Like, if you say shoe, he thinks you're going to drop an S-bomb. If you, if you say feather, he thinks you're going to drop the F-bomb. And he's ready to dump. Robbie comes in there with a the quick trigger finger. So I think all of our show's going to get taken off the air because of Chuck and Tito being six feet away from us, cursing each other in the face. I don't know what's getting caught up by the microphones. Uh, meanwhile, Oscar De La Hoya, he's like, he's like giddy. Giddy as a, as a schoolgirl. He's like, yeah, that was intense. That was intense, you know, very, very, very animated. And so Leroy's asking him questions, and he's, like, answering back. So I, I mic him up. We get Oscar De La Hoya on the show. But it was it was really cool. Look, I got to say, I, I'll, watch, I'll watch the Legends fight. I'm into it, no matter what. Because what are you committing from it? What are you – you're taking 15 minutes from me at most in a mixed martial arts fight? You know, this is not a case where it's, like, a 12-round, 10-round fight. These guys got to go over for – um, these guys got to go over a half hour. No, the most they're going to go is 15 minutes. Most likely it's going to end in the first round. So I'll definitely check out Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz three, but it is interesting to me that they had to go to Oscar de la Hoya to make it happen. Like Bellator is like, mm, 
just a little bit below our standards. It's like, if Bellator is telling you you're too old to fight, you might be you might be too old to fight. That may be a thing. If we've gotten to the point where Scott Coker's like, you know, I got reservations about this one, Tito. I got to tell you. It's like, oh, oh, maybe we've maybe we've reached our peak. Maybe Chuck Liddell shouldn't fight. But doesn't it's not going to stop me from tuning in. That should be a fun. It should be a fun spectacle, nonetheless, to see what goes down next week between Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz as the trilogy wraps up. Interesting as hell, all hell. So, speaking of exhibitions or sideshows, this uh, Floyd Mayweather Tenshin Nasukawa fight is now kind of back on. And if you guys weren't in last week, if you didn't hear the story. Two weeks ago, Floyd Mayweather did a press conference with Ryzen Feder- Fighting Federation, and it looked legit as all hell. Like, Floyd was going to be in a fight against this Tenshin Nasukawa in a fight for Ryzen for, you know, we, what we would presume would be, uh, you know, a boxing match. I can't imagine that Floyd was going to actually go in there and allow a dude to kick him. So... Floyd just goes through the press conference. He's there with uh, the head of Ryzen. He's there with Tenshin Nasukawa. He's there with some dude I've never seen before who was there as his liaison, who wasn't Leonard Ellerby. And, you know, Floyd is just chatting it up. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to make this fight happen. But it was very weird. It almost was like Floyd was held hostage there. It was an interesting situation. So about five days later, Floyd posts on Instagram And he says, the fight's off. The fight's off. These guys made this something that it wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be an exhibition, few rounds for a few rich people. Nobody was supposed to see the fight. I was just going to move around a little bit with this Tenshin Nasukawa. Undefeated kickboxer who I'm, out of all this, I'm glad I've gotten to know who this individual is. This 20-year-old kickboxing phenom. I mean, if you want to see Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat come to life, YouTube Tenshin Nasukawa, top 15 knockouts. It'll take your breath away. Some of the stuff this guy can pull off in a ring or a cage or whatever. In mixed martial arts, in kickboxing, he is very, very entertaining to watch. So I do think out of all this nonsense, Floyd making this happen. So Floyd goes out there and he is, you know, he goes out there and he says, this is BS. I'm not, I'm not fighting this guy. Fight's off. And so Ryzen comes out, and they're like, ah, you know, like, we didn't think we overstepped our boundaries at all. Like, we're going to hope we still make this fight happen. So Floyd comes out this week, and he comes out on uh, TMZ, and he's like, uh, yes, the fight's back on, like we originally said. Boxing match, nine minutes, exhibition. But I really don't know how he, how he could trust if he really did have this kind of a miscommunication with Ryzen in the first place, I really don't think this is going to end well. You know, I, I, I am still under the impression that Tenshin Nasukawa is going to come out there and he's going to be under the impression that he legally can kick Floyd Mayweather. It's just too weird. You know, there's obviously a huge language divide here. There's a stakes divide here of why is Ryzen doing this? Are they just doing it to bring awareness to their brand? Are they doing it to bring awareness to Tenshin Nasukawa? 
and make him a star? If so, understandably, he is very entertaining. You want to build a brand around your promotion. So why in God's name are they going to bring in Floyd Mayweather to make the kid look foolish in boxing? This makes no sense. You know, it would be, you know, it would be like having the, the Canelo fight back in the day. It mean nothing. It's an exhibition. Uh, and, and, and Canelo got schooled in the art of boxing. Now you're doing it with Floyd Mayweather, who's 41, 42 years old. It just, it doesn't jive. It, it, it's not, it doesn't add up for me. So Floyd may now think this is an exhibition, but when they get into that cage, Floyd's going to be looking and be like, why is this guy not wearing shoes? Why is he in there and, his, uh, and he's, he's de-shoed? And he may go out there throwing roundhouse kicks and Floyd doesn't know what hits him. So this is interesting. You know, he, he has gone at this and thinking that, oh, no, 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 we're just going to move around a little bit. This is going to be Rocky versus Thunderlips, and it'll be all good. Is it all good? Or is it going to be in a situation where Floyd's not going to know what hit him? And by, and by it, I mean limb. Like, he, he, he is not going to realize what he really been into here. And I hope they got a whole heap load of money because if you already had – if you got to the point with Ryzen – that you had a press conference announcing to the world this is going to happen, but it's only for a few rich people. You aren't allowed to see it. Makes no sense to have that kind of a divide. What do you have a fight press conference for if it's not really going to happen, if it's not going to be broadcast to the world? And now you're saying, oh, no, 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 it's back on. But these rising people, they're, they're peacocking around. They're being real cocky that Tenshin Nasakawa is going to knock Floyd out. They don't seem to be taking it like an exhibition. We come back. We got uh, some interesting news on some future UFC fights that are going down, including the return of Nick Diaz. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, guys. Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Very exciting news came out this week. Uh, as far as the UFC is concerned, future fight. I actually didn't even read this right when it first came out. Um, so you guys know I'm a huge fan of Jorge Masvidal. Uh, fights from uh, from Miami. Been in the UFC for a long, long time. But he's been out for a while. He's been out for almost a year. Been doing some uh, reality show on, on uh, Latin television and has had uh, some various injuries and really hasn't found a matchup that he likes. So there was, uh, there was some talk from... Masvidal when Dustin Poirier fell out of the Nate Diaz fight that he he offered up his services to fight Nate Diaz. So I get this notification on my phone and it says, oh, the return of Diaz versus Masvidal. And I thought originally, like when I read it, I was like, oh, that's got to be Nate. So they're actually going to make this happen. Nate Diaz versus Masvidal. I'm like, I'm down for that fight. Let's let's make it happen. And then it's, it mentions like four year layoff. And I was like, has it been four years since Nate Diaz hasn't fought? That doesn't sound right. And no, just this dyslexic Tobin. I just actually didn't read it right. And turns out they were talking about Nick Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal. Damn, I like that fight. That I mean, it just it just it just seemed it seems right. Like sometimes they just come out with uh, a bout, and you're just like, "Whew!" I can't wait to watch that. That that is going to be a, a slam dunk right away. So obviously, when it comes to Nick Diaz. You always got to put it at an arm's length because you never quite know what's going to happen. Even more so than it is with Nate. With Nate, eh, he'll be a pain in the ass every now and then, but normally he's going to show up for that fight. 
Uh, with Nick, you legit don't know if he's going to show up for anything, a fight week or any of that stuff. We haven't seen, I mean, Nick Diaz has been at a point now where he's been banned for life. It's been forever. 2015, the last time he fought, when he took on Anderson Silva, he's literally laying in the octagon, telling Anderson Silva, just do something, please. We haven't seen him. It's been it's been forever since we've seen Nick. Unless you have uh, Snapchat, I don't really know where you're getting your, your Nick Diaz fill. But the matchup against Jorge Masvidal is just absolutely tremendous. It makes a whole lot of sense. Um, you know these guys will throw down. They both talk. Um, they talk. It's not. I don't even want to say they talk trash. Like they talk real. Like when those guys get to a microphone, it's not just a matter of just saying things to sell a fight. They're just saying what they're about. Uh, that's how Nate. Uh, that's how Nick Diaz is, and that's how Jorge Masvidal is. So this one is a, a really, really great matchup. I'm just upset that we got to wait till March to get it. Apparently, I'd imagine because Nick Diaz has to be in the USADA pool. I think that's probably got to be the reason why he has to wait this long to get back into the uh, into the octagon. Because you know, it's not like Jorge Masvidal has been super active. I I gotta imagine he could fight in the early part of 2018, but. It makes sense. Like, if he's got to be four months, which normally it is, that's what we're waiting with Brock Lesnar, too. Four months would be December, uh, or really November, December, January, February, and then, of course, you got March. So, I, I got to think that's the reason why we're waiting so long for this fight to happen. But I can't wait for it. Th- this is uh, the shaking up, man. The UFC is a, they, they've, uh, they've hit some bumps, uh, especially early on in 2018. I, I feel like they've come so strong with the with the second part of this year and even when things have fallen through like the msg card for them to pull out daniel cormier versus Derek lewis even though we knew it was probably going to be lopsided the entertainment value of where Derek lewis was off of his win at ufc 229 the whole lead up to that matchup was still fun like you you were happy to see a guy like Derek lewis get that shot be in the limelight like that even if you knew that the fight against daniel cormier was going to be a tough one for him and look Derek Lewis did not come into that fight um, by by any by any taking it lightly on any matter. Like he came in I, physically, I thought looking the best he's looked. It's just look, Daniel Cormier has his kryptonite. He has an ability to wrestle better than anybody on the planet, and the only person who really he can't do that to is John Jones, who is the best fighter of all time. So, what 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 Daniel Cormier is able to do is is really really impressive. So. I just think with that, the fact that we're going to end this year and it's going to be with John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson too, about the only matchup you've wanted to see with John Jones for a long time because Alexander Gustafson is the only person to make John Jones look human in an octagon. Nobody else has come close. Nobody has had him fight through the way that John Jones has fought through. It is also the moment where we really saw John Jones is damn, he is just that good to fight through that kind of adversity because he definitely lost the first two rounds of that fight and the fact that he knew that he probably wasn't going to put away Alexander Gustafson, I need to go win these three rounds, and he was able to do it. Both of those guys dragged out of the octagon. One of the craziest fights you'll ever see. I really, like, if you want to talk about one that you just have to go back and watch, that's going to be a fun one to go back and examine. Like, if they're going to ever do a um, a face-off, like, uh, let's, let's go back and watch this. What are you seeing? That would be one I'd really, really like to go see. Because, look, for Gustafson, this is all he's really got as far as a resume is concerned in light heavyweight. People know that he gave John Jones the best fight of his life. And I don't want to hear anything about, 
oh, well, John Jones didn't train. John Jones was coked out of his mind. Look, that's all well and good. We've seen John Jones, you know, clean as a whistle and training, and he gave a stinker performance against Ovin St. Prue. You know, it, it, don't don't be dissuaded by John Jones wasn't in his peak condition. John Jones' peak condition, he could he could roll out of bed, and he's the best fighter on the planet. That's that's how good he is. So, full training camp or not, I don't know if you're gonna sh- if, if you if you you, you might have been overtrained if you train that much. That's that's maybe why he had the gas tank that he did going through that fight, showing the fortitude that he did going into that fight. It was it was super impressive. Um, I I don't like that that that's that that narrative is stole. Though the only reason Alexander goes, yeah, was it or was it that John Jones is actually fighting somebody who is also six five six six, and that stylistically is something he's not used to at all. You know, or is it the fact that Gustafson's boxing? is maybe just a hint better than John Jones's, and he had to bust out the kitchen sink to pull out that win. You know, so we could, you know, don't. It, it's okay for John Jones to have a, a, a fight in his resume where he had to go through something to go win. To me, that makes the story better. Not the fact that he was on his worst training camp or that he was snowblowing the entire, the entire time he should have been training. That to me, that's that shaking. Like, why, why, why would you even want to make that part of the narrative? That's that's really why you think uh, Gustafson got the better of you for a couple of rounds. All right. I mean, if you want to, if you want that to be the story, but to me, I think it really should be. Hey, I got this is the only guy that's ever pushed me to an actual limit, and I want to go show that I could beat him better the next time. That that this is you know this should be sold as this is one of the best title fights of all time. And it has been they, these guys for 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 better or worse have been circling the wagons now for the better part of hell. When was that? Like 2014, 2013? It's been a long time, and it was just ne- because of John's suspensions, because of quite frankly, look, Gustafson's never been that good again. He's never been at that level to be to be in there with the the best to ever do it. And the fact that they're finally going to make this happen. You know, you know, Gus has had bad losses to Rumble Johnson. He's had losses to Daniel Cormier. We need to see Alexander Gustafson. Like this is this is the big feather in his cap of his career. If he doesn't win this fight, he's this is all he's ever going to have. If he doesn't beat John Jones now, his career is kind of going to go by the wayside because it's that if John Jones goes out there and he beats him worse than he ever did, I think. Alexander Gustafson, the MMA career is going to be a bit of a footnote. You know, a guy who had this this great night, but not a great career. If, but if he goes out there and he shows that he's just as good as John Jones, that he he's been right the whole time. I mean, then we're talking about uh, you know, obviously you got to do a trilogy fight. You have to forget about DC versus John Jones. If Gustafson goes and wins this fight and beats John Bones Jones, I don't want to. I don't want to even hear a whisper about DC versus John Jones. Forget that. I know how that's going to end. I know it's going to end up with John Jones kicking Daniel Cormier's ass. Quite frankly, I wish everybody leave Daniel Cormier alone about it. He's done something on his own. He went and won the heavyweight championship of the world. Because what do you ultimately want to do with the DC versus John Jones thing? Okay. Beat him at heavyweight. Is that like the big sell? Hey, this is at heavyweight. Maybe he can 
Maybe he can. Uh, he doesn't have to waste away his body to go fight John Jones. Maybe this could be the one. All right. I mean, I guess we could do that. Um, and, and certainly, if he if 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 he wipes the if 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 Bones just goes wipes the flow with Gustafson, that's where you could go. But you know, really, we know this is about as affirmative a result as you know what's going to happen. If John Jones and Daniel Cormier enter an octagon. John Jones is coming out of that octagon with his hand raised. I think 99 out of 100 times that's probably going to happen outside of Daniel clipping him with something crazy. I just don't see. I just think the style matches up is too hard. Daniel is not big enough as far as size is concerned. He's always going to have to go through that wood chipper of John Jones's kicks, his elbows, his reach. It's too hard to get a hold of him. And John's too good a wrestler for his best asset to be utilized. But Gustafson has the reach, maybe a little bit better boxing. And if he gets this win, now we're talking. Now you have an actual bona fide rivalry. A questionable first win for John Jones, although I think he definitely got it. If if Gus wins this fight, I don't want to hear about anything else but John versus Gus 3. That's what it has to be. Point blank, period. That's it. I don't want to hear about John going to heavyweight. I don't want to hear about him versus Brock Lesnar. I mean, I'm more intrigued. This, 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 put put this on the card. If if this is actually if this could come to fruition, if Gus gets the win in in July or whenever March, whenever the hell you want to make this happen, you got a card: Masvidal versus Nick Diaz in March, Cormier versus Brock Lesnar. These guys, the trilogy. Damn, that'd be a hell of a uh, a hell of a card. Might be too with the way they beat each other the first fight. That may be too quick a turnaround for them. They may have to do it in July, but even still, a person can dream, can't they? So it's gonna be a fun. Uh, it's gonna be a fun end of 2018. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, you'll hear from me again next Sunday at 9 a.m. I'm gonna take the week off from seven I of the ticket. I'm sure you'll see me pop on social media every now and then. You guys can follow me at Brendan underscore Tobin on Twitter, Instagram, Brendan Tobin on Facebook. Uh, all that way you guys can follow me uh, you can download the podcast if you guys haven't already if you missed any of today's show go to iTunes search Fighters Fury download the radio.com app you guys can also down, subscribe to the podcast there as well and everything will uh, will pop right to your phone you won't even have to worry about oh there's a new Fighters Fury Boop! it's right there for you I just saved you some work so go download the radio.com app and you can uh, subscribe to the Fighters Fury podcast as well everybody have a great rest of your day happy Thanksgiving and I'll talk to you guys in a week